Check out We Are Calvin football podcast in association with McAvoy Super Value, Virginia. Real food, real people. Try Super Value's own range in store today. Quality products at one third the price of branded labels. McAvoy Super Value, Virginia. Supporting local. We Are Calvin podcast. Because Calvin is not just a place, it's a people. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of the McAvoy Super Value GEA podcast brought to you by We Are Cavan. On today's show, we're going to be looking ahead to the opening round of the Alliance National Football League Division 2 campaign. Cavan back up in the second tier of the league um, and they take on Kildare in Carlo. Netwatch, Cullen Park, Saturday evening, 5pm. Look ahead to the action, joined by Paul Fitzpatrick, sports editor of the Anglo-Celt and uh, and excited about the league Paul would that be fair to say or or is this a low key entrance into it I'm disappointed now you threw in sports editor of the Anglo Celt and and I thought you were going to say something like you know all around good guy or um, you know <laughs> talented handball or, or you know award winning writer or something like that and that, and you just skip, you just went and and then you go oh, what are you excited like that's that's disappointing Damien it's a new year and I want, I want things to get off on a better foot I, I want more respect around here <laughs> I have to. I I definitely should apologise for the lack of respect I give you on the podcast and and in life in general. Because <laughs> listen, sometimes you take for granted the people closest to you. And uh, what about I, me? I want to. I, I want to thank Sheila for putting up with me. <laughs> Saint Sheila of Valley Hayes, as she's going to be known in hundred years to come, they're going to just look back and say that that woman, what she did. She'd be like, she's like. Um, Matt Talbot or somebody like that. The blessed they're gonna call her the blessed Sheila Rooney. <laughs> um anyway, are you are you excited or or has it I, I'm not hearing a lot of people talking about this game, which which is kind of a bit disappointing. Like it's the up and around of the league, it's it's okay, the the, the shadow boxing is done now, the you know, the, the McKenna Cup's over. We've Got a bit of an idea who's about the panel. We, you know, got a bit of an idea about the way they want to play. I don't know. Oh, maybe it's just me getting this feeling. Yeah, I haven't heard a lot of people talking about it. Now, there's a few factors playing into that. I think, um, f- first of all, um, there's no word coming out of the camp, and uh, there was no interviews done in the lead up, up to the National League, which is the first time that has happened in my memory, which I wouldn't. Uh, I wouldn't like to see that because we set a precedent in 2022 where no cabin player did an interview before the, the championship match against Antrim. That was the first time that had ever happened. And now we have it for the first round of the league that there's been no interviews done. So that, that's disappointing. Um, but I think there's a few factors at play here. I think if if um, if Raymond Gallagher wanted to to keep Cavan under the radar going into the, to the National League, which I think he did, uh, then there's there's an external factor to help that. You look at the last two weekends. The weekend before last was dominated by Arva. They were the talk of the county. A lot of cabin people made the trip to Croker. There was nobody thinking about the county team that weekend. All people were talking about was Arva. I know in the paper on the podcast, if we're to take that as representative of the the mood in the county, Arva was the focus. And then last weekend you had this storm. So I wrote about it in the paper. I said you had storm Arva and then you had storm Isha. Last weekend was the storm and everyone was battening down the hatches and people had um lost power in their homes and all that kind of stuff. And I think probably the football is the last thing on their minds as well. So the, there hasn't, we were out of the McKenna Cup early. We weren't, like if we were in a McKenna Cup final and, and there was, wasn't was the storm hogging the headlines and, and hogging the WhatsApp groups and Arva hadn't won in All-Ireland. I think the, the last two weeks you'd have seen a lot of talk about the senior team and looking ahead to Kildare. So the, those factors are played there as well and the fact that there was no interviews done or anything. So yeah, talking to people, there. I, I I actually just met a former cabin forward there by by chance in Virginia, and uh, he he did he he said to me what do you think for the weekend is the first thing he said and we had a bit of a chat about it but um 
it'll build in the next few days, but it is un, unusually low key, especially when the, the National League now is is where it's at. Really, the National League is so important. Really, when it comes to, to getting your championship status. Yeah, it's absolutely massive, and and I know for from from talking with one or two players that they 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 they've mentioned they don't want to play Talchin Cup, they want to play the Sam Maguire. And in order to do that, they've got to maintain at a minimum division two status. So um so therefore this is big. This this should be big, but it's um uh, jumping into it, the announcement there that it's a joint captain for the year now. So Kieran Brady, the Arva captain and and extraordinaire the Holla that is uh, is joining Park Faulkner as captain for the year ahead. I I think that's a shrewd move. I think that's a good good move. I'm not a fan of joint captains, as you know. <laughs> I'm a I'm a grumpy traditionalist, but I'm not a fan of joint captains. But uh, I think the two outstanding leaders in the squad have been named as the captains there. Um, I I think either one of those fellas would would have, would have been a very popular choice as captain. So uh, you wish wish them both the best of luck. Two lads that have given it an awful lot of service and and uh, torn up day in day out. Yeah. Always put the shoulder to the wheel and and you know, like any player, you don't always play out of your skin. But but there's two players that you can who, whose effort you can never fault. So I, I think it's a it's a nice personal recognition for both of those players for their performances and for their leadership that they've shown in over ten years now or the guts of it. You expect to see Kieran play. Yeah, I do. Now, again, I haven't heard anything out of the camp. I did, I did contact Raymond, didn't hear anything back. So I don't know what the injury st- uh, situation is. Um, so a, I'd say people listening to this probably know more than I know at the moment. I've tried to make a few inquiries, but was meeting a dead end. But I, I imagine he will play. I think he'll play. Why would he not play? Okay, he's had a tough campaign there over the over the last few months with his club, but he's playing absolutely out of his skin. And from everything we know about Kieran Dalla. Is he going to go? I ah, know I'm going to. I'm going to skip that one. I'd rather sit up and, and watch the coverage on TG Cahir. Like he's going to want to be in the, in the ticket of fray there. So I think he'll play. I I don't see why not. And we have to adjust to the rhythms of the new season, Damien. We have to be cognizant to the fact that there's no bedding in period here. The the season is is now we're in the ticket of season now because this is huge. The, the National League is absolutely huge. We don't want to end up in in the Talisman Cup. Uh, you don't want to be relegated, certainly, with, with a new manager and a new regime there as well. So we're in the thick of it now. So I, I, I don't think anyone would be rested or anything like that. I don't think so anyway. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I agree with John Kieran Brady. I think he'll play. I think even if Ray Galligan did say to him, look, I'll maybe take a week or two or three off, I think just the character that's in him, he'll just say, no, don't want it you know, I need to win this game against Kildare and that's how quick his focus flips around, which which is absolutely admirable. Like it it's 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 the sort of stuff that you you want your players saying, even though you you might offer that that rest just to see do they need it. You know, because another player may need it. You know, not everybody has that ability to continue to 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 do that routine of Right. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm Jim. I'm training and training and gym and game and week in, week out, year after year, season on top of season, the way Kieran has. So, um, and then the other side of it being, he has had a few injuries over the last, you know, three, four years that have left him out at periods, and and I'd say that absolutely killed him. So, for him to say, well, to miss a game now when I'm fit to go, I can't imagine him. Taking that option, I can't. No, Cavan don't have the luxury. Let, let's be honest here. Like the Cliffords are resting now for the first couple of games of the league. I was reading in the paper yesterday, but you know, that's David Clifford and Paddy Clifford, um, and they they have come off a couple of outrageous years of action there with club and county, and the, and it's Kerry, and the pressure's not as great uh, on the first couple of rounds of the league in Kerry as it is in Cavan. Like Cavan have Kildare and then Donegal, um. You know, Kevin have got to hit the ground run and have got to feel their strongest team. Uh, whoever's fit is going to play, in my opinion, I I would imagine. There's a, a lot of talk, or uh, I'm hearing that Dara McVitie played in a challenge match against Sligo last weekend. Um, so that's a big positive for Kevin. That's a big positive, yeah. Yeah, look, 
you could definitely construct an argument that Cavan's season went awry when when McFeedy got injured last year. Mm. Like it was a it was a tricky one. He was coming back from a long time out, out of football. We know how good he is and how good he was before he went to Australia. And then uh, they were trying to get game time into him. Those first four or five games, McKenna Cup, the, the Westmead game, like he played out of his skin. But then he got an injury. He played the league final when he wasn't right. I don't think. And you know, Cavan Cavan season went down the tubes fairly quick, and he wasn't right. So he he's a huge player for Cavan. Absolutely pivotal. So that's great news if he's fit. Like you bring Kieran Brady and Darren McFeely into that team, and it's potential to transform uh, whatever line of the field they go into. Completely. Absolutely. Well, again, I'm imagining a half back line of those two guys and Niall Carlin. Um, and from what I hear of Niall Carlin, again, uh, T for in his performance for TUD against St Mary's, he he was absolutely outstanding. Now I haven't seen, um. Any reports from this week's games with with the Sigerson other than I looked a bit on minute, but um, Ryan Donoghue had a great game for for DCU. I think he got four points. We missed that on 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 the list last week when we were going through Sigerson teams. Ryan Donoghue's name wasn't on that list that was published for DCU, but yet the match report was sent to me after that that how outstanding he was. Yeah, he seemed to be playing really well. They had a big win. Um, and he got, I think he maybe got three from play on a forty-five or something. I think he was playing midfield as well. So, this they won twenty-two points to eight or whatever against one of these alphabet colleges. So, great, great win, and and great to see him kicking on like that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, but where was I going next? With with who do you think is going to get the goals? Score them or stand in them. Stand in them firstly. I think Liam Brady's the incumbent at the moment, but I, I don't think it's it's nailed down. Um, as, uh, how could it be? Sure, like you're the number one there for years and years. Surely it's got to be up for grabs. So I think Liam Brady has the edge at the minute. That's my gut feeling. Um, but I think Gary Rourke will, will push hard for that jersey. So I, I'm guessing again. I haven't heard anything from the camp, but I'm guessing just from what we saw from the public runouts in the McKenna Cup. And so on. I, I just think Liam Brady is going to be the man to start. Yeah, I I understand that he started against Sligo in that challenge match as well. Okay. Um, so again, maybe that's an indicator of it. Um Gary O'Rourke is playing with UCD in the Sigerson. Um and Liam obviously playing with Galway in the Sigerson as well. So there's uh Fergal playing against um against Down. The kickouts didn't go well against Down, but the funny thing was that, and it was interesting listening to Jim McGuinness on, on Brendan Devenny's podcast um, during the week, only a couple of days ago, uh, a really good in-depth interview. But he speaks about, did, did you listen to it? I did, yeah, it was excellent, yeah. He's, he speaks so so openly and, and you know, I, I'm not a big Jim McGuinness fan, but I came away from it going, well, you know, I nearly I nearly want to follow Dundee Gall here. But anyway, he talks about the kickouts um, and how winning possession short is is a, a very important trend within the game or winning possession is the most important trend on it because teams and players protect the ball so well um in it. And when you look back on the down game um and map out the kickouts, it was the long kickouts towards the middle of the field that Cavan were turned over, the contests when it hit the ground on breaking ball. So I wouldn't necessarily blame Fergal O'Rourke for those kickouts. I'd blame the lads out the field that they didn't get in and win breaking ball. Like it, it, that's a that's a stat that indicates desire and work rate and honesty. And unfortunately, they came up second best on that. But within that, the one thing I would say is that if you're losing that breaking ball consistently, you can't continue to go to that area. You've got to get a shorter option, and that's something the Cavan have to improve on this weekend. As I was writing in Celt kickouts, you have to you have to get up into. North of eighty percent of your own kickouts won. Yeah, and we don't have a huge amount of ball winners there. I think James Galligan is going to start, and and there's going to be a lot expected of James to win primary possession there on on kickouts when Calvin go along with them. Um, the same will be the case for Park Faulkner. I expect him to play midfield. Other than that, like we are going to miss Garrow McCarran, of course. He he's he's a big option on those on those long ones that Raymond used to. Every now and then, Raymond would just boot one half the length of the parish and bypass midfield and, and Garrod was there and it was a huge thing 
we're missing that. Um, rumor has it James Smith is carrying an injury or might not be right. Uh, so we could be missing him. Obviously, Thomas Gallagher's not there. Connor Brady, don't know what the status of him is fitness wise. Injured. So, injured. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, all the talk a couple of years ago about what a huge, big Cavan team it was and one of the, the biggest teams we'd had in years and what a, what a contrast it was to the days of the noughties when we had a team of midgets. Uh, that that's that's uh, gone now. Like we we're not as big as we were. This a lot of those big men are off the panel, either injured or not on the panel at the moment. So, um, that's a slight concern as well. Yeah, it is. It, but with the concern, it it then becomes something that you just have to adjust to. You've got to cut your claw to 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 suit. And us lumping out long ball towards the middle of the field is not the is not the tactic that we should be using when you haven't got James Smith, Grodd McCarron and Thomas Galligan, big, big ball winners out there. So um, it's something that that definitely, I, I, I expect to see a dramatic improvement in, in the kickouts this weekend. Um, up front, right, we're, we're going to need the score. I'm, I'm going to predict it that it's going to have to be 17, 18 points total, maybe one one fourteen, one fifteen or something like that for us to win the game or come close to it. Who's gonna do the score for us? Yeah, the first two names you're gonna look at are gonna be Paddy Lynch and Ushin Brady, I think for scores. There's no mystery to that. I'm trying to figure out what the team might be. We might try and name it before the end of the pod. I think there's gonna be a bolter or two in there. Um trying to figure out who they're going to be though is gonna be it's gonna be the thing. They're gonna be the two lads you're gonna be looking for. Um after that, like there's no, maybe Vitti maybe will get will get scores. Maybe McLaughlin might get a point. Like he went in his first sixty five games or Cavan. I think he he rarely had a shot at the post, and then he became quite prolific. Then when they started playing in a, in a more advanced role, he got a good point against Derry the last day as well. Maybe he'll get one. Um, Park mm-hmm. Faulkner as well uh, is is likely going to be going to get a point. He generally does, even when he's playing full back. So when if he's playing midfield. You'd expect Park to get on the score sheet. James Gallagher as well could be good for a point here in the Madden. So I think there's 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 quite a few players there that might get you a point or two. But in terms of building a, a match winning tally, it's it's Lynch and Brady are the, are the two lads you're looking at. Yeah, yeah, I definitely agree on that. I think Ocean Brady has started so well in the season that um, he will be the man marked uh, number one target by Kildare at the, at the weekend. I, I'd expect them to put their best defender or Dushin Brady so this is going to be a big test for him yeah I still think Lynch is, Lynch is our go-to man uh, I think he's Paddy Lynch is, is the best forward I think the scoring forward that we've produced in a long number of years um, and he's been doing it for for longer than Ushin Brady has now probably been consistently doing it at a higher level so far Ushin Brady had, had a good year last year a bit of a breakout year um, but I still think Lynch is the man and probably been held to a higher standard as well which is a compliment to him so I don't know. I think they'll. I think they'll look at both of those fellas. Like if they can shut down those two fellas, they're going to win the game. Uh, I think you could say that with most teams. If you can shut down their their two marksmen who are going to account for well over half of their scores, then then you're going to win that match. So yeah, I think Kildare will be giving that a lot, an awful lot of focus. I know that they have uh, the joint captain of the runner twenty All Ireland winning team. Name escapes me at the moment. He's he's tipped to come into the team at cornerback, but they only have. Two to three of that team, um, ready to come in as far as I know. Maybe two of them are going to play. So, which is interesting because I think if we had an under twenty All Ireland winning team from last year, we'd probably have more than that coming through from it. But, uh, Kildare have a bit of an embarrassment of riches there because they've been in three under twenty All Ireland finals. I think they've they've won two of them. They've won three Leinster, uh, under twenty titles since twenty eighteen. So, uh, they're doing a lot right on their edge. Kevin Egan touched on that yesterday on the pod as well that. Patience might be wearing thin in Kildare because, you know, how long can you go keep winning on the edge and, and not get the breakthrough at senior level? But Kildare are a really interesting one. They're, I think, to talk about Kildare for a minute, I think they're they're one of the most interesting teams that we're going to come up against in the sense that, not interesting in the sense that they, they read poetry and grow a goatee, but they're, they're interesting in the sense that you don't know what you're going to get from them. Like, if you look at the, at the, the form they have in the book, like I would imagine a lot of Cavan supporters are relatively confident about this and they're looking at Kildare and saying, well, they're they're a little bit flaky and um when it comes to the bit, can you depend on Kildare? 
And I, I definitely get that and I agree with it to some extent. But like, if you go back the last three full seasons, uh, 21, 22 and 23, despite the, the way their form oscillates, they're miles ahead of us in terms of, of the results they've had. Miles ahead of us. So there's a reason why they're 2-1 to one on to win this game. Like, since the start of 2021, here's a stat for you. Now, I'm contorting myself a wee bit with this stat, but anyway. The only teams that have beaten Kildare, whom they haven't subsequently avenged that defeat or had beaten them before that. So the only teams that have beaten Kildare and not lost to Kildare in the last three years are Donegal, Tyrone, Armagh, Mayo and Derry. So a lot of people would argue that that's six and ten. How many of those six teams have they played twice in the last couple of years? Oh, uh, I'm not sure. May all beat them twice anyway. Um, I'm not sure how many they've played twice. Uh, but their teams that they've got a negative record against. Uh, now they have a negative record against Dublin too, but they have a win over Dublin. Now in that same period, like this is the this is the bit that gets me now when we when we look ahead to this game. In that same period, they have beaten Dublin. That in itself. You have, you've got to raise eyebrows they've also run Dublin to two points in a championship match as well they beat Dublin in the league and ran them to two in a championship match so <clears throat> they backed it up to some extent they beat Monaghan by nine points they've beaten Roscommon Loud Cork Mead they've drawn with Kerry they've lost by a point to Monaghan in, to get knocked out of the All-Ireland last year they were unlucky that day not to at least get extra time they've they've lost by a point to Tyrone as well sort of quite a bit of good form in the bag there you'd be looking at that and saying if that was Cavan, you'd be saying, yeah, there's a lot to cling to. If we beat Dublin in a league game, the county go ballistic. I think there wouldn't be a tap of work done for a week. So, you know, there's there's a lot of good form there shown by Kildare. They're also unbeaten in that spell against the, the middle-ranking teams like Westmead, Wicklow, Offaly, and so on. Yeah. And we're not unbeaten against those teams. Wicklow have beaten us in this time spell. Westmead have beaten us. So, like, there's... we we could, The only way we can make a case for Cavan is that is one of two things? Either Kildare don't show up, which is possible. Like if you look at the results last year, they go from they go from a big win in the first round to a fourteen point loss to Derry, I think it was. Then they beat uh, Clare by a point, where they got a lot, a lot of luck that day, apparently, and then they were hammered off the field by Cork. So there's two ways. One is that Kildare don't show up, that we get we get the the bad Kildare. And the other, or the other is that Cavan have improved beyond all recognition on what we've seen for three years. And three years is a pretty wide sample of the game. So I'm finding it hard to make a case for Cavan to win the game, especially because it's not a home game. I think Kildare are rightly favourites for this game. Like, look, look, what's our best win in the last three years? You really have to rack your brains. Yeah, you're right. Because you, haven't played, you haven't played Division 2 opposition on a lot of occasions or Division 1 opposition. And when you have, you've come up short. Yeah. Yeah, like that's the reality of it. Um, like, like even if we were to to take one of their unlucky defeats, we'll say, like uh, as as something that showed glimpses of what they're capable of, because that's what we have to kind of cling to in Cavan. Like they lost by two points to Dublin. Right. The the best performance we have put up in defeat against a good team was losing by six to Donegal. And like that was a game where it was level with ten minutes to go, but we still lost by six, and they hit the crossbar in injury time that day. Uh, so straight mm. off in the form book over an extended period of three years Kildare are, are better than Cavan okay take into it though that I, I think now I spoke to to I hope you won't mind me mentioning his name I spoke to Kevin Downs who coaches Nace who are three in a row winning uh, senior champions in Kildare so he's a good knowledge on it there is a lot of flux in the forward line. Anything up to four of last year's starting forward line may not play this weekend for Kildare. Um, Highland has gone travelling. Um, Alex Bourne, Daniel Flynn, there's question marks over them in terms of injury. So, you know, they're, they're, they're not going to be full strength Kildare that we're facing this weekend. So that has to give Cavan that 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 bit of hope. Um now also I spoke and this this was a very interesting thing. I I had a conversation with um Brian Flanagan, the All Ireland under 20 winning manager um around Kildare and he was saying that 
that number you're talking about, two of them to break through, he said that's all he expects because there is such a big jump from on the 20 level up to senior. And there is. He's he's 100% right. Particularly when you're a team like Kildare that, that in reality is a top 12 team. You know, maybe even top 10 team. But you, you have to put them into that bracket. Um, if it was an All-Ireland winning on the 20 team um, with you know, a division three or a division four team, then yeah, you'd say, okay, seven, eight, nine of them could be pushing in here straight away. But this is a, a different level altogether. So one or two to nail down and the rest to develop over the next few years is is what they're doing. Interestingly enough, he's no longer the, the on the 20 manager with Kildare. What he's over is the development squad for players that are overage for under 20 and you know, still on the radar for seniors, which I think is something that that is it shows the difference in where Kildare are at. They have the Leinster Junior and Intermediate Champions with Nace in the Leinster final against Kilmacud, losing out narrowly enough in that. They have a team that made the Hogan Cup final within the last two, three years in schools football. They have all Ireland under twenty final and winners within the last three years, and they're looking at holding on to those maybe extra seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve guys that didn't make the senior squad but still have that potential to make it in the next few years. They're really, really focused on making sure that that that, that what comes true eventually is of the highest quality. So. It's it is a bit of a contrast in terms of Cavan. Yeah, well, I wouldn't be holding Kildare up as exemplars of how things should be done because Kildare are historically probably the most underachieving county in the country. Like they they are football mad down there. They have got a, this massive surge in population in the last probably 25, 30 years. It's huge money in the county. It's a very wealthy county. They have all that horsey money. Um, shakes and all that like they, they would have bankrolled the the uh the resurgence of Kildare football back in the day under Mick O'Dwyer and so on they were putting money into that or you know there's a lot a lot of resources there in Kildare and f- considering their record of no all Ireland since 1928 uh, oh. and 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 uh the fact that they're they they just hung on and avoided the touch last year by me- beating Mead in round seven. And like that, last was five years on from an under 20 All Ireland. So I definitely wouldn't be looking and saying we should be doing what Kildare are doing. But it sounds like they, they have their, their house in order now. But whether it comes true or not, I don't know. Like Kildare traditionally, they lost five Leinster finals in the 70s. So Kildare traditionally are a county that, that just doesn't get it done. You could say the same, you could say the same about Cavan, of course. I was, I was just going to make the point that. We're we're talking about different levels here, unfortunately. That Kildare, while they're not at a at a Dublin or Kerry, as in competing for Sam Maguire, they are with what they've done over the last few years, as you've just pointed out, at a different level in Cavanagh currently. So they're doing things better than we have been doing them. Brady's Arva Limited. Main dealers for Volkswagen cars and commercial vehicles have been serving the needs of the motoring community in Cavan, Longford, Leitrim, Monaghan, Mead and the surrounding counties for over 50 years. A family-owned and family-run business, Brady's are famous for their long association with the GAA. If you're looking for a new or used car or commercial vehicle, check out Brady's Arva Limited. They provide an unrivaled sales and after-sales service and are open six days a week. Brady's Arva Limited. Get on the winning team today. See www.bradysarva.ie for more details. I suppose they are, I suppose they are but then again, we could say we, we won an Ulster title and a big championship wins over Monaghan and Donegal in the same season back in, in 2020, which probably, if we're to extend it out, probably uh, is better than what they have managed in the last few years. Now, they're in they're in Dublin's shadow, and that's very difficult, and there's no doubt about that. But at the same time, we're in an extremely competitive province, and it has been very, very, very competitive for a long time. And Leinster, outside of Dublin, Leinster has been pretty much appalling for the last 20 years. It's been absolutely dreadful. Was it last year or the year before? 
Yeah, yeah. when's the last time we've had an Ulster winning Sam Maguire team? Who's the last team we have there? Donegal, is it? Uh, Leinster teams went from from uh, 2003, I think it was, when Leash won the under-21 All-Ireland, to 2018 when Kildare won, won the under-20 All-Ireland. No Leinster team outside of Dublin won an All-Ireland in any grade of football. And now you could say, well, Dublin won them all, but they didn't. Dublin won about half the Leinster titles in that time between minor under-21 slash under-20 and senior. Which, if you go back to, to uh, the period from 1986 up to the end of the 90s. Mead were almost as dominant. They're not as dominant, not as dominant as Dublin, but Mead won about 40% of Leinster titles in all grades. Mead were extremely strong and minor and under 21 back in the day, and obviously their senior team under Sean Boylan as well. They got four All-Irelands in that period. So Mead were, were exceptionally strong, but you had awfully coming and winning a Leinster title and, and a Division One National League. You had, you had Leash winning a Leinster title. Dublin won an All-Ireland in, in 95. Um, Kildare won two Leinster titles in the late 90s, early 90s. Other counties were coming coming on strong. 2004, Wexford got to a, to a, or 2005, Wexford were in Division One National League final. Other counties in the province were coming on strong. That's all gone. Um, Leinster teams have just, are just, they see, it reminds me of the Peter Kay joke about, about the rich, rich tea biscuits and trying to put them in your tea. They just, they just collapse. They just go weak at the knees when they see Dublin. Now, as Kevin Egan was touching on yesterday, Glenn Ryan, like, was a renowned warrior on the field and he seems to be able to summon up that warrior spirit for big one-off occasions and, and Kildare able to rise it. But I, I think, to answer your question in a long-winded way, I think, yeah, they, they seem to be doing things really well at underage, but they're certainly not uh, an example of how things should be done. Not yet, anyway. Maybe it's going to come through for them, but they're, Kildare have had an awful lot going for them for an awful long time and they've essentially squandered it all. Like, look at their grounds. Like yeah. finally, finally they're they're doing their grounds, but that stadium is an embarrassment to Kildare. Like it's a very wealthy and populated county. I, 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 I'm being totally honest there. Kildare people would tell you that it's, yeah. it was it's an, it was an absolute hole. Yeah, look at I I I, I do agree. Again, I did, this probably goes back to it though. I I still think that they're they have uh, what's called hawk fields there where yeah. they center of excellence they have so they've put football before stadium development um and 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 i think even whatever chance and i i continue to go back to this all the time in in, in debates whatever chance you have of winning an all ireland at senior level with uh an underage all ireland success you have almost zero chance of winning an all ireland at senior level without underage all Ireland success. Yeah. And and that's my point is that they are making strides in the right direction um a whole lot you know quicker than 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 we have been or than we have been over the last while. So it's it's something that it's feeding into this that as to how 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 are we going to make the argument that Calvin can win this game. The only way we make the argument really is that they're missing some key players and, and some players that, that maybe um, we can take advantage of and, and we're hoping that Darren McVitie is back for us, Kieran Brady is back for us, um, you know, and and that they have an outstanding game for us. I think so, yeah. I think it's it is possible to construct a case, but we're we're definitely underdogs and we're considerable underdogs in my opinion. what gives you hope is that we have those outstanding players like McVitie and, and Kieran Brady and players like that who who have proven that they can do it and you know they're more than good enough to, to win to win games at this level. More than good enough. They're they have been for years. Um and also the fact that Kildare are up and down. And like it's not like it's not like Kildare supporters, you know, if they listen to this would would, would be agreeing with, with the case that I made about how the good form they've had. Anyone that I know from Kildare and I talk to them, they're they're all their eyes and they say, Jesus Christ, they break your heart kind of thing. Like you never know what you're going to get with them. So when you're coming up against a team like that yeah, of course. If if yeah, there's hope if you think there's a weakness there. On the facilities thing, just to go back to, to a quote that I always remember from Katrina McKernan when I interviewed her a few years ago. She used her daughter Dervla as an example. Like they live close to the Phoenix Park, which is a lovely place to go running. And she was saying, and she's a she's a really talented athlete, Dervla, but she says she's got all the facilities, she has my support, she's people to train with. I didn't have any of that. I trained by myself and my mother and father 
said, don't be going out, you're killing yourself. So she wasn't even getting that encouragement. But she said, it's an inner drive. If you really want, if you really want to do it, you can. And um, she also made the point that uh, before that facilities isn't going to do it for you. She said, money isn't going to do it for you. Facilities isn't going to do it for you. You have to do it yourself. You have to make that breakthrough through sheer hard work and commitment and dedication and just blocking everything else out. Now, there's that, but you could sport. You could you could rebuff my argument very easily by going, "Are we talking about Gaelic football as a high performance sport?" Of course, you need facilities, but I think the truth lies somewhere in the middle there. So, yeah, Kildare have Hawkfield, but at the end of the day, like, there's a lot of counties there with with centres of excellence and so on that aren't achieving what they would like to achieve either. So, it, oh, it, it could be a handy excuse too. Absolutely, look at it. It, it could be, but you're talking about an individual sport that in order to train for it, you have to put one foot in front of the other when you step outside your door and you can run anywhere. And it simulates cross-country running, which Katrina McKernan was at. This is very, very different. This is this is like me saying to you as a handballer, well, you can, you can be a brilliant handballer. You don't need a handball alley. Mm. That's not true. That's, mm. that, that's just madness, you know? It, it, you can't you can't make that comparison unfortunately granted you could make yourself a better athlete and you can make yourself physically stronger if you've got that inner drive and, and that that steely determination that Katrina McKernan had but again you're dealing with one individual in an individual sport or a panel of whatever number or, or an entire county of whatever number of players if, if you go through your development squads and all for, for facilities so I don't think you can you can use that argument when you're talking about preparation of teams in Gaelic football. Yeah, fair enough, fair enough. Yeah, it's true, but I I I do think that that part that you said that and just said no rubbish. <laughs> no, but I just think that that we we can't make it a handy excuse either to say say that you know County X has more pitches than us, so therefore they're going to be way better than us. Like I think, I think the Cavan senior team is well resourced for the most part. I know the pitch issue is, is, is one thing, but there's a lot of money going into that, that cabin senior team. We, we saw like all the all the sneering that went on about the size of the back room and so on. Now I don't think know if that back room was particularly out of the way when you compare it to other counties, but you don't see the whole list published of other counties. <laughs> but I don't I don't think Cavan Yeah, the pitch issue, yeah, we know that. That's been well documented. But I think I don't think Cavan players want for very much at the same time. Um, okay, go for it then. Try and name your team in the conundrum that is a, a, a black hole of information. For, yeah, first of all, I'm going to put Liam Brady in goals. Just to talk about that for a second, because we haven't talked about that. The effect that uh, not have, that losing the goalkeeper is going to have. Because if, if Raymond wasn't the manager and if he was retiring, we, we would be talking about uh, you know the loss that he is, that his experience, his excellence as a goalkeeper is is undoubted. Uh, so I think that that's going to be a factor, completely. You know, if he was off managing another team, or if he was just gone into retirement, uh, we would be looking at that as a blow for for the team. So that's a that is a loss. You've lost your captain there. While he, while he's still there providing the leadership on the sideline, uh, you you have lost a very important player, one of your best players. So. That is a negative for Cavan, of course. I think Liam Brady's going to start in goals. And, um, I'm going to go for a full back line of Jason McLaughlin, Killian Clark, and Killian Brady. And I, wait a minute. You can't be copying my team. <laughs> this is your team as well. That's my that's my back four. Okay. I'm going for I will throw in a quick spanner. There, there is slight rumours that that Killian Clark might not be available again. So uh, that that could throw a spanner in the works. And if it does, I think Killian Brady goes in full back, and possibly Ushin Kiernan. I think, uh, or I would say uh, Brian Connell, because I don't have Brian down to start, even though I thought he's been going really well. Yeah, I didn't hear that about Killian Clark. That would be a big blow if he was out. Um... I I've got Brian O'Connell, Niall Carlin, and Kieran Brady in the half back line. Okay, I've I've got two of them, 
uh, Kieran Brady, Niall Carlin, and Dara McVitie. Yeah, team. I have Dara half forward. So, uh, Park Faulkner and James Gallagher are starting midfield for me. I agree with you. Tiernan Madden, Kean Madden, and Dara McVitie is my half forward line. Tiernan Madden, Kean Madden. So, Kean, okay. I, I, again, now that would be the first we'd have seen of Kean Madden. Mm. Last I had heard, he was in America, but maybe he's back. No, he was at the dinner dance anyway. Okay, well then, then Kean Madden could be in there whether he starts or not. My half forward line was Jerry Smith, Ushin Brady, Ushin Kiernan. Yeah, I I have got Ushin Kiernan named the corner forward, um, and then I've got Paddy Lynch and and Ushin Brady. Okay. Obviously, Ushin Kiernan will play there. I think Ushin Kiernan from then is going to tighten it. He's going to be contesting that cornerback jersey with Killian Brady. If Kean Madden doesn't play. Like I think he Madden will play, but if he doesn't play, I don't know who comes in there. I'm not sure. Yeah, well, it's Cormac O'Reilly or um, Brian Donahue. I think, considering the Sigerson performance, is going to be pushing that as well. So I, I have, I have Tiernan Madden, Paddy Lynch, Ryan Donahue. But I, I think we could have Ryan Donahue out at centre half forward, and Oshin Brady inside. With Tiernan Madden being given a free role, I think we'll see Jerry Smith and Ushin Kiernan as the wing forwards trying to just give a little bit more defensive structure, but well capable of 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 attacking. In particular, Ushin Kiernan, Castle Rahan, well capable of attacking there as well. So, um, I I think that yeah, again, it's looking stab at the dark. We don't know what's going on in training. We don't know what's we, we don't know. Yeah, we don't know. We know if Kevin played Dublin and Kerry. And- in challenge games and they've also played Sligo uh, I didn't get to any of those I don't know where where they're behind closed doors or what but um, well, the Dublin game a lot of people seem to have got to um, well that's getting like Munster and the All Blacks now because I heard one person snuck in and watched it uh, I heard that second hand from a fellow who was telling me that oh, I was talking to such and such a lad and he, he snuck in and he, he got to see it but but I, as it goes on I've, I've been, I'd say I've spoken to about six people who were at it Okay, okay. Well, I, I, I spoke to one person who told me that they, were, that they were at the game. They went in to watch it, told me when it was, told me about the goals they conceded and seemed to have a lot of very accurate detail on it. So, mm. um, Yeah, yeah. I heard, I heard about all the hard running that, that the Dublin fellas were doing on the back pitch and stuff like that. But um, look, if there's one if there's one area in the GA that is that is rife for hyperbole outside of this podcast, it's it's a challenge game challenge game circuit. Like it's always exploded. If a lad scored a goal from ten yards, it's it's thirty yard screamer by the time it reaches the ears of of the fans. But if you're saying that that Killian Clark is a doubt, Damien, it looks like then we're, we could be without Killian Clark, Raymond Galligan, James Smith, Kean Madden, and Garold McKernan of last year's team which is which is five of your best players and five absolute nailed on starters Connor Brady Connor Brady yeah would be six but Connor had such such Connor's had such an injury disrupted career with Cavan in general like I, I see him as a starter when he's fit but unfortunately in the last few years when it comes to Cavan he's he's not been fit more often than he's been fit mm. uh, like like in in 2020 he missed the whole Ulster campaign End up coming on against Dublin. He he was injured last year against Westmead and missed the whole league, didn't he? Like he's been very unfortunate with injuries because he's he's outstanding for his club, and then he got injured for his club again, unfortunately as well. But if Cavan could get him fit, I think he's going to be a big player. But yeah, Conor Brady. So you're looking at over a third of your of your starting team there, which is far from ideal. Yeah, it's very big for us too. Um, yeah, it, it, does Tristan Noah Kaufman? I, I think he makes the bench anyway and, and maybe game time as well. It's a little bit unknown with him because we haven't seen him at, at this level enough. We've seen bits of him and know that he looks like he's good enough, but it, it's too big of a game to test it, is it? I don't know. I don't. Yeah, like, you know he's in form and like his stock is very high at the moment because he, he played out of his skin in Crow Park in that final against the Stone, so... Uh, I I'd love to see him on the bench. I'm I'm really excited about him. But as we said before, like we don't know what we have on our hands here, like because he's he's late to you know to, to really focus on the Gaelic, and he's definitely improving beyond the point 
that you'd expect for a lad of 25, 26. So yeah, I'm I'm excited about him. I'd love to see him. I'd love to see him get a run. Um, other than that, like there's not a lot of new faces in there that are going to be in the mix. I don't think there are with respect to them. There's a lot of fellas who are who were in the mix before and are back a huge amount really there's a lot of fellas who were on that extended panel in in 2020 when you know covid disrupted everything and the end of the club championship mickey graham put together his panel and then the restrictions continued and so you're left in a situation where you had a a very big panel and you needed it because of the rules and close contacts and all of that at that time you had a very big panel but a lot of them were part of that squad and won an Ulster medal and kind of drifted away from it fairly quickly like 2021 was one of the shortest seasons in history you had three league games or was it four league games and, a, and one championship game a lot of fellas packed it in after that so you've the curious situation in Cavan where you've you've lads who have maybe never played with the county or played a game or two with the county who have an Ulster medal so it's hard to evaluate those players like you know yeah that's we've never had really had that situation before. Not probably not since back in the day when we won Ulster every year. So that's an interesting one as well. So there's a lot of players of that profile. There's others then who have played quite a bit of football for Cavan, like Kevin O'Reilly and Cormac O'Reilly, and probably Cormac Timoney. And then you've got the, the complete novices, Jack Tully and Emmanuel Shehu, and those type of players. So in terms of new faces, out and out new faces that are going to make an impact or are going to see a lot of game time, I don't think there's going to be very many. Yeah, yeah, no, I know. I'd agree. I'd agree. Um, okay, very, very quickly before we, we, we move on, two other things we have to cover really quickly off. But uh, are you giving Cavan the nod or is it a Kildare win? Well, I think that I think this there's a sense around this game. I'm not going to say it's a defining game or anything, that'd be ridiculous. But this is a massive game, and I think all eyes are going to be on the manager um, for this game. Like he's got to win over the supporters almost as much as he wins over the players. And I think that I was writing about it this week in the paper. I think that the old days of Cavan being having the big the biggest and most loyal support in the country and so on, that's gone now. It's long gone. And there's a combination of factors at play there. I think that the general fabric of the county has changed is one thing. You've a lot of competition from other sports um, and the way we consume sports has changed. A lot of fellas now quite happy to watch NFL or, or watch rugby or whatever and they don't necess- they're not necessarily invested in, in the Gaelic football scene in the county you've got that you've also got a lot of people from, from non-traditional GA backgrounds from Dublin and from outside the country and so on have come into the county so I think that, that that's the thing that has changed but yet there is still that core diehard element there uh, and you've also got the bandwagon that's always ready to be hitched so Raymond addressed that. He he used the phrase like let's make this a whole a whole collective thing, I think was the phrase that he used. So he he knows like he's from the heartland of football there in, in the county. He was raised with the game. He was raised go playing on the edge of Cav and, and going to games. His family are steeped in it. So he knows the importance of winning over the supporters there as well. So it's an absolutely massive game. I think the pressure on, on him this year is going to be is going to be vast. Um to to some extent. He has jumped the queue as manager. I think he knows that himself. And that was a real bold and courageous move that to put us and and it spoke to his ambition as well and his and his confidence to, to go for that. But I think by by jumping the queue like that, you don't exactly buy yourself a huge honeymoon period as well. So Kevin have got to hit the ground running here, and he'll be he'll be aware of that. So I think this is an absolutely massive game for Kevin, and I can't give us a confident vote as much as I would love to. Um, because there's just so many unknowns here. Mm. And one of the biggest unknowns is what, what Kildare are going to show up. Like if, if Kildare show up and play the way they did last year in some of the games in the league, Cavan very feasibly could win this game. But we have to fact, bear in mind that our, our poor record in the first round of the league in recent in the last 20 years, and we've won the last two years, uh, but that was against Leitrim and uh, Westmead. And I think Kildare if they play anywhere near the level that they've played at times in the um in the last three years are better than both of those. So look, to be honest, I have to tip Kildare to win the game. Kevin Egan made a great point that that it's been so long since Cavan got a draw. So there's every chance of a draw here. But I'd be pleasantly surprised if Cavan can win this. But if Cavan can win this, 
it'll be absolutely huge. It'll be a massive positive start. And you'll see a huge crowd for the Donegal game. You'll see you'll see lads coming back from injury, leaping off the physios table, and mm-hmm. the buzz will be there. So it's a massive, massive game. Two defeats in the McKenna Cup ordinarily means nothing. And if we win this game, they'll, they'll mean absolutely nothing. But if they lose this game, then it becomes a bit of a losing run. And you don't want that as a new manager either. So I, I obviously I dearly hope Cav win the game, but uh, I, I, I think it would be a surprise if Cavan can can go and win this game away from home. But you know, p- fingers crossed it happens. Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't, even, I wouldn't go so far as to say it would be a surprise. I think all logic dictates that you, you, you tip Kildare to win the game here, but not they're not that far ahead of Cavan. I do think they're ahead of Cavan. But I think that this is one of those games that both sides have have targeted. They both sides will be saying, right, top two or top three, whatever way you break it down, Donegal Armagh, if you listen to Kevin Egan, it's Cork in there as well, but top two, top three, then you've bottom two. I thought Kevin described that brilliantly loud for Mana. Everybody's expecting to beat those two teams. Um the word coming out of the loud camp is not positive. Um, a lot of change in, in the panel as well there. So um, a lot of change in the Fermanagh panel. So they're the games that you, you, you expect to win. Then you've got that middle bracket um, of Mead, Cav and Kildare. And they're the games that if you want to be pushing up to the top end, I'm not worried about relegation. You've got to be beating the teams around you. Um, so that's where this, for both Kildare and for Cavan becomes a massive game. Um, and... I think that Cavan definitely have the capability of winning the game, but they, they have to play better than they've played more consistently over the 70-plus minutes than they did against Derry and they did against Down to get the win. Um, there was a lot of positive signs, as I said, in in those two games, but Cavan have to iron out those few kinks, kickouts, um, and 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 maybe taking chances on the fast break when they get them. We needed to get goals from those fast breaks, but um, I'm I'm going to tip Kildare, but it's a narrow one, and and it's if Cavan win it, it's not a surprise. It, it it's it's a it's something that we should be saying. Yeah, that that's the level we are good enough to play at is is beating a Kildare. Um, so hopefully, hopefully to get over the line. One last question, David, quickly. Because I'm sorry, I know we're running out of time. One of three things can happen in this league: promotion, relegation, or consolidation. Call it. It's it's um, relegation would be a disaster. Promotion would be absolutely massive. Would be would would be would be. Uh, dreamland stuff, genuine. I think it'll be it'll be so so big for Cavan. Uh, my good feeling is we 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 just retain Division Two, um, and we get there. So that that's where I think we'll be. I think we'll we'll win enough to stay, um, and that's probably where we're at at this moment in time, considering you know Garud McCairn and Raymond Galligan. Are are huge huge losses, and we need to fill that void or find new ways of of dealing without them on the mm-hmm. field. So, um, I'd I'd take, I take it as success if we can stay in Division Two, um, you know, as in just enough progress to 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 maintain, um, maintain the the status quo. I think that that'd be that'd be enough for me, uh, but but relegation, as it was when we got relegated. Um, under Mickey Graham, relegation to Division Three, I I don't think is can be in any way looked upon as okay. I I I think we have to start to to say, well, what are we? And again, going back to Jim McGuinness's interview, you've got to know your identity. Where do we see ourselves as a county? Are we a Division Three team or are we a Division Two team? I think we see ourselves as a as a mid ranking to top end Division Two team. And I I think we 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 should see ourselves in that bracket and be aiming for higher, but I don't see us as a division three team. I don't ever want to see Cavan as a division three team, and therefore going down to division three would not be. I don't think I'd stomach that at all. Mm. Yeah, I I think we'll consolidate in the division two. If if, if I had my way, I, I'd love to swap the Donegal and Loud fixtures. 
I think we, I think Donegal are going to be very hard to beat, and you know you'd nearly rather play them away. If you if they're going to beat you anyway, you know get Laird at home. I think would be a would be a help, and I, I, you'd be confident that we might beat Laird at home. From Anna the last day, we've got to be winning it. But I think staying in the division would be a success because it would mean that we'd probably have to beat a decent team to do it. And no offense to Laird or Fermanagh, but we we have a good record against Fermanagh in recent years. Loud have lost a few players and they've lost their management and you know they they probably have been playing above themselves with with a they're probably a third tier team with a fourth tier management in recent years and and now that they've lost that management they could slip back quickly so even at that four points probably wouldn't be enough the last time we were in the division we we went down on six so to stay in it it means picking up a scalp somewhere else along the line um you'd love to think it would be against against one of the top teams so. We haven't had a scalp against any team we're talking about now this in, in three full seasons. I know I, I made the argument repeatedly that we were a good team trapped in a low division and that's why it was against the Talchon and all that. I have to really revise that because the chance came around this year uh, to against Armagh, Cavan blew it. The chance came to, okay, win the, win the Dubob Talchon and, and for what it's worth and we blew that as well. So, we can't really dress it up. I think consolidating would be a success this year. Mm. I think and so. I, and I think I think Kevin will consolidate. Yeah, I think so. I think so too. I it it's a fine line, you know, because to call consolidation success and yet relegation absolutely unstomachable, um, probably sounds like a too big of a jump in it, but but going back to the visitor, and and it it goes to the the interview we done with John Denning, um, on on the Diehards podcast, and missing out on the development of players for those years while we spent two years in Division Three and one year in Division Four, that was three years of misdevelopment because mm-hmm. you're not really developing players in Division Three and Division Four, and that's the reality of it. So that's why I'd I'd take. And even to bring it forward, or like, would you take holding on to Division Two status but losing out to Monaghan in the first round of Ulster, um, or beat Monaghan in the first round of Ulster while being relegated to Division Three? I think I'd hold on to Division Two status. Uh, personally, I think that that's better for what we need down the line, which is we need to develop a new crop of players because, like in our lumpet. That four in a row is coming to an end. That on the 21 four in a row era is coming to an end and we need to replace it with good quality players and those players will not get better playing Division 3 football. So I'd, I'd take the Division 2 retaining status over over a win over Monaghan personally. Yeah, and the the looking at it from a a wider point of view, I suppose you're right, but at the same time, like it would be a sweet feeling to go, to go and beat Monaghan in the Championship. Like It would be absolutely brilliant and that's that ultimately, I think, championship is where managers are judged. But we need, we probably need to revise that. That's like a, a truism that we've always held here in football that you're judged on championship. But yet, you can win a few championship games and still be demoted to the B championship now, which which is, I find that just completely alien. I don't like it. But that's just where we are. So maybe we need to we need to revise that old opinion and maybe a big win or two. In an Ulster Championship, you know, is no better. It, 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 in fact, it's not. We could, we could, we could beat Monaghan and Tyrone in the Ulster Championship. And in actual fact, wins over Loudon and Fermanagh in the league might be worth more. More value. Yeah, yeah. Like, and that is absolutely warped. And you and your Talchon buddies, you need to hold your hands up and be accountable for this warped situation we find ourselves in. But anyway, I'm just going to have to stomach it. Yeah. Well, the, the way I'd say it, where, where you're talking about the the the, the the win over Monaghan um being better than the uh than than staying in Division Two, that's like a a lovely big jam donut. It's beautiful in the moment, but you know you're gonna pay for it down the line. You know it's just it's not good. It's, it's it's that moment of indulgence. Okay, very quickly, um the uh the the Gaelic Life All Stars Men's Club Team of the Year, um. Has been announced. Did you see this? No. So, Cavan have three representatives on it. 
uh, that have made the, the team of the year. So this is across senior, intermediate and junior uh, Ulster Club Championship. I, I'll, I won't put you under pressure because you could name the wrong people. Uh, there's two from Arva. One you're definitely going to name. Jim Brady. It's in at number five on the team. And the second is Kevin Boucher at full forward. So congratulations to, to Kevin Boucher. And he makes up a full forward line that has two Cavan men in it. The other Cavan man in the full forward line is from Ballyhays. David Brady. David Brady. So nice. congratulations to the three well done, lads. Yeah, really, really well deserved there. So delighted for them. Um, and that's, I think that's about always time for Paul. Um, unless you've any other business. No, that's it. That's it. So folks, don't forget to check out the Die Hard podcast where, as Paul mentioned earlier on, Kevin Egan goes through the Division 2 um, campaign coming up, all of Kevin's opponents and how he sees uh, the, the league going. We also have that in-depth interview with John Denning, the quiet man, um, right-hand man for Mickey Graham in his managerial tenure as Cavan senior football manager and Mullinyakta and Drummalee and so many other journeys along the way. Um, and we also have um, uh, the ladies podcast where we look back over the Cavan ladies opening round of the Little Ladies National Football League. Uh, we caught up with the manager. Mickey O'Rourke and myself and Aidan go through all from the game. So that's all over on patreon.com forward slash we are Cavan. Uh, that's the diehard service for uh, for a minimal fee of five euro a month. Paul, thanks a million for your time. Thanks, Demo.